Hey, this is Adrian Martinez from Stumptown, and you are listening to the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, Blue. Yo, Adrian. A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more from deep inside the Man Cave. Your host, Elias. Adrian, welcome to the cave. Thank you, sir. It's good to be in the cave. What's going on, man, with you? What's new with you? Uh, let's see. Well, we got a lot of work going on. I'm stumptowning. I got my I Gilbert, and I got my uh, my uh, little show called Stumptown. It was some very interesting plot developments. So I'm psyched. Yeah, you've been busy the last few years. Numerous TV shows, and movie appearances, and... Uh, you know, movies such as Focus with Will Smith, American Hustle, uh, The Secret Life of yeah. Walter, yeah, The Secret Life of Walter Beatty, and of course now Stumptown, which I gotta tell you, Stumptown, so far what I've seen, I love it. It's good. It's a good show, and it's gonna get better because we're figuring it out a little, and we're still developing my character, a lot of good stuff on the way that I just shot, and uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like if people are just patient, let the soup cook a little, it'll be good. Yeah. So, uh, why don't you tell the listeners, uh, where are you originally from? We're going to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, born and raised in New York. Uh, how, was it, how was it growing up in New York? Uh, well, it was, it was pretty crazy, you know. It was, uh, uh, it's a city that uh, you basically have the world at your feet. Uh, so, every day there's something going on, so it keeps you on your feet, which is good for acting. And... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've never been arrested, so things are good. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, growing up as a kid, uh, what were you into? Uh, the Smurfs. Uh, uh, you know, the Mets. I'm just obsessive Mets fan. Um, yeah, tough year this year. Ten games over 500, but uh, not enough. Not enough. Uh, glad they got rid of Callaway. Um Really just into sports. Uh, started working basically as a teenager. Uh, I did a, uh, an unsolved mystery where they needed a track star. I was a sprinter in high school, believe it or not. And uh, I, uh, my whole audition was just running 50 yards <laughs> against some other guys who basically uh, had no shot. I mean, just to be real about it, you know, I was a medalist. Yeah. And they, uh, I just killed it, and I booked it, and they were like, all right, just run 50 yards, and then get to this uh, door, just bang on it, and say, open the door, open the door. And I did, uh, I said, where am I opening the door? He says, you're not opening the door, you're just banging on the door. Okay, cool. I banged on the door, and I got my side card on the other side, so that was good. <laughs> now, you mentioned, um, you mentioned a New York Mets fan, so who's going to be the next manager? Who do you want? I want Girardi. Uh, I feel like he's got that edge that the Mets need. You need a little edge, like in '86, the Mets had that edge. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. had that, you know, rain night. You know, don't mess with me. You know, you shove me, I'm going to shove you back twice. That kind of thing. Yeah, I got a, need a little edge. I got a, I got a, edge. I got a weird feeling he's going to go to the Cubs. Yeah, well, he has a history there. He played there. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, 
my 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 opinion is going to be. Uh, I'm hoping it's Gerardi. Yeah. Um, I think they'll go for a name, which is not usually what they do. But uh, they gave uh, Mickey, uh, who had no. I knew it was a mistake. Yeah. I don't know why you hire guys who've never done the job before. I don't know why you do that. But um, <laughs> uh, life goes on. Yeah, oh yeah. So uh, growing up, did you did you know you wanted to get into the acting world and filmmaking? How did that happen? I, no one in my family wanted me to do it. They all thought I was insane. I'm the, you know, there's always one, one kid in the family that goes against the grain that everybody thinks there's something wrong with him. That was me. Um, and, uh, but, you know, I was obsessed with movies. I loved movies. I would go to the movies alone, movies with my friends. Uh, pretty much a shy kid who didn't really, you know, hang out with anybody. Uh, some kids in my neighborhood were doing drugs. I had no interest. I would go alone to the movies. I would go after school to a movie and just chill. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was the thing. The movies were my thing. And uh, more than TV. Um, I just love movies. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I just spoke this whole world about the movies. You know, my favorite movie is Shawshank Redemption. You know, get busy living or get busy dying. That's goddamn right. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's it, you know. Um, the 25th anniversary was a couple of weeks back. Yep. Got to see it on the big screen again. And it holds up, man. It's just a great picture. Um, but movies, I, I would see a movie and I would say to myself, well, why, did, why didn't, uh, you know, uh, Tim Robbins do this instead of that? Like, I was making choices for the actor. Yeah. Uh, and then I realized, well, maybe I should just put my time where my mouth is and follow through. <laughs> and uh, just 20 years later, I caught a break sometime. <laughs> well, how, how did you get started in acting? What was, uh, you know, you, I, after you finished well, school, yeah. what, what, like, how did you get into the field? Just kind of like plugging away, you know, like I did a, I did a play in every dump in New York City, man. I remember working with, I, in, we would rent out a, a church, like one of those storefront churches, and I remember one time we did a, we were doing a, a David Mamet play, and we only had one rehearsal in the space the night before we opened. And I remember one time we, we were there, we, we had a great rehearsal, but the day of, uh, of the show, they were loading lights, and the altar caved in, and the altar was the centerpiece of the stage, so we had to reblock everything around the center of it. I mean, you don't know where I've been, man. You don't know where I've been. But every dump in this city, every little place. And then eventually I got to work with Phil Hoffman, rest in peace, a great hero and mentor of mine. Uh, when I worked with him with the public theater at uh, a play called uh, Our Lady of 125th Street by, by uh, Stephen Alley Gerges and Phil Hoffman directed it. And, that was a great experience. He kept talking in wrestling metaphors. Like you gotta really, you gotta really throw it down like the wrestlers and every take, every show leaves nothing behind. Just, that's what the audience is demanding. That is, that is required from the art. That's what you do. And um, that's stated there. I, I really try to apply that to my work today. Wow. Did you, uh, did you take any acting classes? Or did you just, just jump right into yeah. it? No, I I, uh, I studied uh, at Fordham University. I studied at HB Studio. My name Austin Pendleton, um, and I learned craft. 
I remember watching a lot of stuff on YouTube about techniques. I remember watching Michael Kay's uh, acting in film, uh, reading the book, uh, Harold Clerman's uh, book on directing, which is a terrific book, even if you're, you're an actor and not a director. This gives you an insight into the process. Uh, and uh, just taking away these gems that stayed with me, like Harold Clerman would say, the truth is like castor oil. It's bitter and hard to swallow. So make people last. And while their mouths are open, you pour the truth in. And later I applied that principle to my movie, I Gilbert. It it starts out kind of funny. uh, And uh, people are laughing, having a good time watching the movie. And then wham, I I hit him with the gut with uh, a very serious dramatic piece. Um, So, yeah, it's all interconnected. Now, you have like, like... Do you have, do you, would you say you have over a hundred uh, titles under your belt? Uh, Between TV and movies? Yeah, I guess so. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. I don't really. I don't really count. Uh, I'm always worried about the next one. You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, because because you have that. You know, we people that watch TV and movies, they've seen you in so much stuff, and I'm sure you get recognized yeah. as that guy from that movie or from or that guy from that TV show. Yes, I'm actually thinking of changing my name legally to that guy. <laughs> then whenever they see me, like you they get the name right. Um, but yeah, it, it happens every day. Yeah. So the, uh, what was your first gig when you got out in the field? Was it a TV or a movie? Uh, well, the Unsolved Mysteries got me the sad card. Okay. And then, you know, I just did, uh, I remember doing a, a reenactment of a fugitive on America's Most Wanted. And then I got carded by a cop before I was the fugitive. I had to hold my sad card up. <laughs> True story. Uh, and then just cranking them out, you know, like Sex in the City, telling Tim Cattrall she's got a nice ass. That's in the thing. That's not a Me Too moment. That was in, that was scripted. Um, uh, the Sopranos, you know, working a bit with Edie Falco. Um, and Law and Order, I did the trilogy. I was, I was the cop. I was the perp and I was the, 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 the victim um, and just just accruing credits never giving up persevering doing whatever I could to just work it yeah. and at the end of the day it's it's really the work itself that teaches you more than any school could um, and just accruing credits over the years and, and, and you know eventually you know becoming a psychic to a lot of terrific stars like uh Will Ferrell and Ben Stiller and Will Smith and Margot Robbie and yada yada, and just you know being in the in the in the rarefied air was also an education. Yeah, how was it starting with Ben Stiller and the secret life of Walter Mitty? Well, that's a, that was a good one because you know what I had met him about five years earlier. Uh, I was doing a play, uh, that same play. It was uh, the Phil Hoffman play with. Uh, uh, we had Sam Rockwell as Judas Iscariot and Eric Bogosian as the devil. It was just a terrific cast. And Ben was doing a play, and, you know, the public has a shared, you know, space where the actors can relax. And I had a movie coming out called Mail Order Wife, and uh, it was a, a weird mockumentary movie. And he had just seen it, he loved about it, uh, and his part, business partner, Stuart Cornfield, loved it. And they were like, we got to work with this guy. we got to work with this guy. 
And then we just kind of like fast forward, I think it was 10 years. And then I, I got a chance to audition for uh, Walter Betty and uh, I did a read with him, with them, did that, I call him. And, uh, and yeah, I was cast, it went well. Um, and it was just really cool just going to set. Uh, I remember at the table read, I was sitting opposite Shirley MacLaine. It's just very trippy because I'm a big fan of being there with uh, Peter Sellers. Um, and I just, uh, just kept staring at him. She probably thinks I'm a weirdo, which I am. Um, but uh, it's a great opportunity to, to meet the A-list and just, you know, yeah. realize that I belong. Realize yeah. that I belong. Because, you know, whatever they threw at me, I caught it and gave it right back. So. Yeah. Now, Stiller was on there as an actor and as a director. Did he give you any uh, any advice or anything since, like, you kind of fall in that field where you do acting and you also direct? Well, it was more uh, advice by example uh, because he, he never gave a speech or anything, but he was, just by his, his work ethic, the guy was there before anyone, prepping, setting up shots, you know, acting, directing, then going to editing, going to post, going to... I mean, every day he was putting in 18-hour days. This was a movie that meant everything to him. You could feel it. Uh, the attention to detail. I had several fittings just for my haircut. Uh, the guy was meticulous on a level that I had never seen before. Uh, and, you know, I got a chance to work with you know, Sidney Pollack and the interpreter and Sidney Lumet. Um, before the devil knows you're dead. Um, and just like really terrific directors. So the fact that, you know, when I say Ben Stiller was the most meticulous, it, it, it says something. And it, uh, he really was. He was just so yeah. invested in this movie and getting it right. And uh, I think the movie deserved a better fate. It's definitely going to stand the test of time. Yeah. So you said you worked with a few actors like Will Smith, De Niro, even Jeremy Renner. I mean, you've had, you had a big list. Who's one, like, your favorite ones to work with? You know, I have to say, uh, it's interesting. They each bring something else to the, to the table. Um, I, I love working with, with Will Smith because he's, 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 he's larger than life in a good way. You know, he's like a parade float. But at the same time, he's accessible, extremely generous. He made everyone on set feel like a star. And he would start out every day, like just making sure that there was some kind of music blasting, and he would start dancing and just get everybody in a good place. Yeah. And you know that taught me, uh, you know, it's work, but don't take it so seriously. You're making a movie, you know, you know, you're not carrying cancer. Just enjoy it, enjoy it. And the way he enjoys his fame, um, like we were in Buenos Aires, and he would be very, very connected with the fans giving out selfies and autographs. I mean, literally, like, hundreds of people in front of us. Um, and if you ever want to feel, like, completely invisible, then just walk down the street with Will Smith, because it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, your bedroom does the big will, you know, and it should. Uh, so I'm glad to see him doing so good and continue his greatness. Yeah. So now you star in ABC's Stumptown alongside with Colby Smulder and Jake Johnson. Uh, really quick, tell the listeners what the show is about if they haven't watched it yet. It's a good show. It's about Colby who plays a, uh, uh, an ex-Iraqi war veteran who suffers from PTSD. And uh, she goes to uh, Portland and uh, she's asked to find a daughter 
who was missing. And she realizes that all her, her skill sets from being a soldier apply to becoming a private investigator. So week to week, there's a different case. And it's about this woman, very empowering woman figure, taking on what's going on uh, in case to case as a PI. Imagine, you know, like the Rockford Trials, but with a beautiful, kick-ass woman at the lead. And then you have a recurring storyline, which is kind of out there, which is kind of wild. So you have a love interest with Michael Ely, maybe with Jake Johnson. And uh, there's also me. I play Tookie. I I run a food truck. She used to be my sous chef, so she comes to me for when she needs advice or help or things. And Tookie has some serious dark secrets that will be revealed soon. Uh, I tell you, but we're out of time. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, and then you got Cameron Mannheim, who's the badass lieutenant who runs the Portland Police Department. And of course, Tantu Cardinal, who audiences go from Dances with Wolves yeah. and uh, Legends of the Fall. This is classically great, wonderful uh, indigenous woman actress. And a badass. And Cole Sibbs, uh Cole is, uh, he plays uh, Kobe's uh, brother. Um, he has Down syndrome. It's the first time I think an actor uh, is playing a series regular. And he's terrific. You know, his condition aside, he's just a really good actor. He's authentic, he's present, yeah. and he's extremely grateful to be there. It becomes infectious on set because he's like, so graceful and he's doing selfies with everybody and he's running around and it's like yeah you're right this is a gift mm-hmm. now you pl- you said you play Tukey how would you expl- uh, how would you describe him Tukey's like he's uh, he's high strong he's funny he's quirky uh, he's a perfectionist with with respect to his, his cooking he sees himself as aspirational he wants to be a great cook not a chef he wants to run a terrific, you know, Michelin star restaurant, not just a food truck. And that's where I connect with him. This is a person who's ambitious, who, who wants a better life for himself and his family. He's got a wife, he's got kids, and, uh, and he's a real guy. Uh, and he's absolutely faithful to Dex, played by Colby uh, Smulders. Uh, he loves her like a guardian angel and uh, there for her no matter what, yeah. you know, which I can relate. Because, uh, you know, he's a scorpion, and I'm a scorpion. <laughs> scorpion's like, if you, if, you, if you, once you get us on your side, that's it. You got a friend for life. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, I, I love this show. I mean, I hope it gets picked up and we see a lot more episodes. Uh, you and me both, my friend. You and me both. I think it's got a shot because uh, when you think about it, there's nothing like it on television because it's action, it's comedy, and it's drama. It's an action dramedy. I mean, I don't know what else. Yeah. Who else is doing that? You know, I mean, on broadcast, I don't see anyone doing that. Yeah. Uh, so, and we're just we're just warming up. So, if you like what you see, get ready because there's going to be some terrific plot twists coming up. I really going to blow people away. Yeah. So uh, next month we have Disney Plus that's coming out, and you have a role on Disney's Lady and the Tramp. Tell us about that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I just caught my breath from chasing those dogs. Um, this was shot last summer in Savannah, Georgia. It takes place in 1908. And I play Elliot the dog catcher. So the dog catcher from Lady in the Tramp. So it's live action with real dogs. Uh, Lady is played by Rose and Tramp 
is, is played by Monty, and uh, there were two sets of dogs, and I had to chase them all. I had to chase a digital dog in a corduroy suit <laughs> in the in 98-degree humidity in Savannah. Wow. And, uh, and I pulled it off, man. I pulled it off. <laughs> I literally had, like, two PAs. Just, like, one was just, like, spraying me with water between takes, and one was just giving me water, water, water. It was just like... Because it was a bear, you know. Um, but uh, I think when people see the movie, they're going to love the end result. Justin Poirot is the voice of Tramp, and uh, Tessa Thompson's the voice of Lady. And it's beautifully directed by Charlie Bean, who people know from uh, those Disney movies, uh, the Ninja, I forget what they're called, uh, uh, with that Colleen Atwood doing the wardrobe, Oscar winner. You know, it's Disney. They do it right. They yeah. do it right. And it's going to be gorgeous. And people have a big kick out of it. So if you've seen the original animated film, you're going to love this because you get to re-experience it. And if you've never seen it, you're just going to be able to enjoy a movie on its own merits. It's really good. So you've worked hard to get to this point in your career. What are what's, What past project has had the biggest impact on you, you think? Um, well... This is going to sound, you know, weird, but honestly, when I directed my own movie, I Goldberg, that took a lot out of me. I feel like I almost died from it, from the experience, because I wrote, produced, started, and directed it. Wow. And I had to sell my property to finance it. I couldn't raise the money. And no complaining. That's how, that's how it should be, and, you know, that's how it was. And uh, I had, you know, it was a low budget. I had, uh, like, crew people, like, leave for more lucrative jobs last second, which comes with the territory when you're, you can't pay people as much as you'd like to. So the stress that came from that was, you know, when, you, when you've got, a, when you've already paid for stuff, the sets of the other crew and your cast, it can only be there X, Y, and Z days. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy stressful and uh, it took a lot out of me. I had to decompress for a while after I shot that. But it taught me that I could do it. You know, I could do it. It taught me I could do it. I could survive. I could eventually make a film I was proud of. And that's what I'm going to take into and into the next project, which was, uh, it turned out to be, uh, I was doing I Feel Pretty after that with Amy Schumer. Um, and that felt like I was on vacation because, you know, Amy's great. All I had to do was act. You know, we shot that up in, in Boston and it was like a piece of cake. Yeah. Uh, after the bear of doing I Gilbert. Um, so, you know, I feel like now, even when I'm working on Stumptown, uh, it's like, yeah, I see it as the, the actor. I learned my lines, but I also see it as a director in terms of what would work best for this character long term. And I have a great relationship with Jason Richmond, uh, the exec producer and creator of the series. You know, I, I'm able to pitch ideas. Sometimes he likes them. Sometimes he doesn't think it'll work. But I, I, I get the process better than I ever did. And uh, the fact that he's in my corner means a lot to me. Yeah. So is your, is your, do you have like a dream? Do you want to, do you want to do another project in the next year or two? Yeah. I mean, you know, I've written other scripts, uh, but not with my money. Yeah. <laughs> next time someone else is going to pay for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have a, I have other scripts in mind, uh, and I have an idea, a couple ideas for for episodics, which I'm developing with my manager. Uh, so yeah, there's good stuff coming. Yeah, I'm not going to stop. You know, this is what I do. Yeah. 
when you're, on your downtime, when you're not working, uh, what do you enjoy doing? Hanging out with my kid. You know, she just turned 14. I had a young, but we're very close. Uh, she's, she's the best. She's, she's actually pretty brilliant. Uh, when she was nine years old, she interviewed Malala Yousafzai. She got elected to do a, to do a, uh, an interview with her, and she wow. got, got flown out to Kansas City. And her, her first question to Malala was uh, unprompted, was, uh, uh, how do you reconcile Islam with feminism? And uh, <laughs> I was like, like she's, Malala's sitting there with her dad, and, and I'm there, and security's there, and I'm just like, oh, my goodness. Just like, <laughs> like so much for what's your favorite color or you know, whatever, yeah. you know. Uh, but Malala didn't bat an eye, you know, and she answered very respectfully and it went well. But it just showed me that I have a very strong, independent thinker for a kid. And that's great. That's probably uh, my best achievement more than any other film role. Good. Do, uh, do you have any up- any other upcoming projects that you can tell the listeners about? Well, November 12th, I hope everybody tunes in on Disney Plus to check out uh, Lady and the Tramp and... Uh, just cranking out some time. That's my focus now. And uh, developing uh, a television show that I have an idea for called uh, Hank, which I can't get into now, but I have a couple of people interested. And uh, stay tuned, man. I'll let you know when things start popping. Sounds great. Uh, lastly, how can the listeners find you on social media? Uh, at Taste of Adrian. And as my character, Tiffy, says, I need the like. Uh <laughs> Because I just started getting into it. Uh, but yeah, Facebook and Instagram is at Facebook Adrian and, and uh, Twitter too. So. All right. Adrian, thank you for coming on. This was a blast. Dude, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Sometimes people have the kind of problems that police can't help with. That's where I come in. I solve cases all while playing nice with the Portland PD. I need to arrest you. For what? For 14 unpaid parking tickets. in the trunk. Stumptown premieres September 25th on ABC.